0: Ever since the dawn of humankind, we have looked up to find the answers to all of life's mysteries. Our wandering eyes and adventurous souls have led us to unearth new planets, new horizons, new galaxies. And it's no wonder we have this fascination with celestial beings. After all, we ourselves are made of stars. On today's FYI, we'll discover the wondrous world of NASA. Fasten your seatbelts. It's time for liftoff. We're transferring to orbiter internal power at this time. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. 30 minutes. Welcome to For Your Info, English. You got, it. you got it. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of FYI, For Your Inglés, the podcast where we learn so much more. Than just English. We discover different topics every week and we delve into them in hopes to learn new things, not just, as I said, vocabulary and expressions in English, but about different, amazing, and interesting topics. And as I always tell you, if you have any suggestions for future topics, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line on social media or you can write to me on Patreon, whatever's easier for you. But we'd love to hear your suggestions either way. So today we're going to talk about NASA, we're going to talk about space, In general, we've always had a fascination with space. I think it doesn't matter where you live, where you come from, we've always been fascinated with space. And if you don't think so, you just have to look at our movies and music. They have been heavily influenced by space and space travel. Some examples. I think of the character Buzz Lightyear. That's the first one that comes to mind. To infinity and beyond. There's one space example, but what about the big one? Do you know the one I'm thinking of? Star Wars. I mean, that whole thing is based on other planets and other galaxies. And don't forget about E.T., the extraterrestrial. Now, we're not going to talk too much about aliens on this episode, but we're going to do another episode on extraterrestrials and if there's life out there. I mean, those are some classic movies, some classic characters that we're talking about. And then don't forget about the music. Think about David Bowie. This is ground control to Major Tom. I mean, so many songs of his have a space element. Pink Floyd. I mean, think of it. Dark Side of the Moon. I think they were living in space. And Pink Floyd claims to be the first band in space. And we're going to explain that to you in the bonus part of today's show. How and why Pink Floyd became the first group in space. I'll take a minute to remind you right now that if you want to receive bonus content, you want to get this podcast a day early, plus PDFs, materials, review classes with me, and so much more. You can find out more about that on patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. I have four different options, and well, we have 75 subscribers, so thank you to all of you for being the best patrons a guy could ask for. That said, a shout out to my super duper students, Javier, Eva, Mila, Desiree, Alex, Boris, and Loles. And my interstellar students, Carmen, Pilar, and Diana. Thanks to all of you for making this possible. Remember, guys, if you want more information about this exclusive bonus content, check it out. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. Let me know if you have any questions. All right, so as we always do, let's take a look at the intro the intro is sprinkled with all different words and adjectives that I use on purpose. I start by saying ever since, desde. That would be how we say desde. Ever since. Now, I want you to be really careful with that one because you don't know how many times I've heard students say science. And it's not science, it's since. Ever since the dawn of of humankind. Now, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, then you'll know the word dawn. It's the morning. It's the early morning. But we also use it figuratively to say los inicios, los principios, the beginning of something. So, it's alba, amanecer, when we're talking about the time of day. But when we're talking about the beginning of something, we say the dawn of whatever. The dawn of civilization, for example. Now, here we're talking about the dawn of humankind. Have you heard this one before? Humankind. A lot of times they used to say mankind. And that's okay, but that's a bit sexist, isn't it? Because what about women? So, I prefer to use humankind. Humankind, which is all-inclusive. Then I said, we have looked up to find the answers, hemos mirado hacia arriba, to look up. And I use this word on purpose because we literally look up at the stars and the planets and the night sky, but also we look up to our parents. So I meant it in both ways to look up to, In este caso es admirar, mirar hacia arriba. It kind of makes sense, doesn't it? So I meant that in both ways. We have looked up to find the answers. We've looked up to the sky, we've looked up to our parents, and we're always trying to find the answers to life's mysteries. That's what makes life fun, isn't it? And careful with that word mystery. The word mystery has two Y's. M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y. Unless you put it into plural, then the Y changes to an I and we add E-S. But just be careful with the spelling there. Then I went on to say our wandering eyes. Now, I know you know what eyes are but to wander, something that wanders, deambula, deambular, divagar, desviarse, right? We let our mind wander, we let our eyes wander towards the sky. So our wandering eyes and our adventurous souls have led us, nos ha llevado, have led us to unearth. Now I use this word on purpose too, to unearth, desenterrar, literalmente, to unearth, exhumar but I meant it more like descubrir, because we also use it in the figurative sense. So unearth, literalmente desenterrar, descubrir. And I did that on purpose again because, well, I wanted to talk about Earth being one of the planets, and although it's our planet, it's one of the ones that I hear people mispronounce the most. It's not earth, it's earth, earth. It leads us to unearth new planets, new horizons, and new galaxies horizons are horizontes, and galaxies are obviously galaxias. And it's no wonder. It's no wonder means no es sorpresa. Now, you're probably thinking, didn't you say the word wonder before? No, I said wander, so be very careful. The word I used before was wander, and this word is wonder, que es maravilla o maravillar. But the idiom, it's no wonder, is no es una sorpresa, it's no surprise, that we have this fascination with celestial beings. Now beings, celestial beings, are anything that you can find in the sky. Stars, planets, galaxies, all of these things, black holes, these are all celestial beings. Then I said, we are all made of stars. That's a a cool idiom, and it sounds really nice, but what do I mean, we are made of stars? A lot of uh, people in the scientific community who have studied stars and studied human beings said that we have quite a lot in common with stars. Humans, us, that's right, us, human beings, and our galaxy, are you ready for this? We have about 97% of the same kind of atoms. So technically, a star has carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, phosphorus, sulfur, and guess what? We've got all that stuff in us too. So there are some people who say that we humans are made of stardust, polvo de estrellas. I don't know how true it is, but I know it sounds poetic. Then I say, we'll discover the wondrous world of NASA. Wondrous. This is a good adjective. Now, we know the word wonderful. Well, wondrous is a synonym. The wondrous or wonderful or amazing world of NASA. And there's another mistake I want to look at really quickly. A lot of my students say, the NASA. I want to visit the NASA. I'm really interested in the NASA. And I have to tell you something, guys, we don't say the NASA. We don't say the NASA. We just say NASA. No definite article. So I like NASA. I'm fascinated by NASA. And me, am I fascinated by space? I think you guys know the answer to that one. Think about it. On my Patreon page, you have four options, as I said before. You can be a star. You can be a superstar, you can be a super duper star, or you can be an interstellar student. Do you think I have a little fascination with space and the sky? Yes, you could say that. Like many of us do, though. So let's get into it. What is NASA? Well, NASA stands for, significa, remember, when we have an abbreviation, we say stands for. So, a couple other examples. UN stands for United Nations. NASA stands for National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Okay? But nobody calls it that. We call it NASA For short. And NASA is an independent agency of the United States federal government. Careful with the pronunciation of the word agency. It's not agency, it's agency. And it was created in 1958. It was created from something called the National Aeronautics and Space Act of 1958. I think you say the same thing, un acta, right? Something, a law. It's kind of a law. But NASA started out as N-A-C-A. Now, I don't know if they pronounced it NACA or not because I wasn't alive at that point, but the predecessor of NASA was N-A-C-A, which stands for the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. But what they decided was that NACA or N-A-C-A wasn't doing enough. And uh, they had some serious problems on their hands over in the United States, so they decided to get serious. That's when N-A-C-A, or NACA, turned into NASA. Se convirtió en NASA, to turn into. So why? Why did we get so serious? Why did we all of a sudden, de repente, mean business, ir en serio, with this whole space thing? Well, if you remember... Back in the 50s and 60s, there was a, a heated war. That's funny that I call it a heated war when it was really called the Cold War. But heated means that uh, things were getting really bad. If you have a heated discussion... Se pone un poco feo. So that's an interesting choice of words. It was a heated dispute known as the Cold War, and this was between the Soviet Union and the United States of America. And this was taking place in the 1950s and 60s. And so what the Americans realized was that the Soviets, well, they were beating them to the punch. To beat someone to the punch, as llegar antes. And they were beating the Americans to the punch the cosmonauts, as they were called, well, they were the first ones to uh, launch something into space. As many of you know, Sputnik 1. That was the first object that was made by people to go into orbit, and that was the Russians. Well, back then, the Soviets, that was in October 1957, and they had a lot of these firsts. The Soviets were just Oh, here's another first, and another one, and another one. And the Americans started getting a little bit nervous, and understandably so, because if you can control space, well, you can control missiles and communication systems, and it was what they called the space race. So the Cold War ignited what we knew as the space race, and this was a race between the United States and the former Soviet Union to dominate space. So once the Americans realized that we were falling behind, a president you might recognize, a guy named JFK, well, he decided that we had to start taking this space exploration thing seriously. And, well, he made a speech that, uh, well, it was one of his famous speeches. Kennedy has many famous speeches. So what Kennedy did is start what we know as the Apollo Program. And the Apollo program was started by Kennedy in the 60s. He made a very famous speech, and uh, it's called the Moonshot Speech. Let's hear the tail end of that speech. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal, before this decade is out, of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth. No single space project in this period it will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space. And none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. Okay, well, as you see, JFK, John F. Kennedy, was serious about this. And he told the Americans, we've got to get to the moon. That is our goal. So now he said, and as you can hear, he said in that speech, he doesn't matter how much money it is. It was time to take this space program seriously, or the Soviets were going to win this space race. Now, before I played the Kennedy quote, I said the word moonshot. And a moonshot is obviously when you try and fly to the moon. It's to really do a great job. Uh, To hit a home run, it's a moonshot. And I think the United States really needed a moonshot, literally and figuratively at that time. And who better than John F. Kennedy to rally the people and get them behind this space program? Now, we talked about Apollo. Apollo is obviously the most famous mission out there. But NASA has launched over 500 missions in its 50-year-plus history. And over 150 of those missions have had humans on board. So not all of their missions are manned, as we call them. When they're manned, it means there is a human sitting at the controls. Unmanned means there is no human sitting at the controls. It means it is being done through remote control from Earth or from another location. So that's the difference between manned vehicles and unmanned vehicles. And we're seeing a lot of those lately with the rise of drones, So yeah, 500 missions. It's a lot of missions. And a lot of those missions we didn't even hear about really because we know about Apollo, we've heard about Mercury, but there are some missions that went up there just to place a satellite into orbit. And even though that wasn't a famous mission, think about where we would be nowadays without satellite technology for communications or to know where we're going with our GPS, our navigator, and our cars. None of that would be possible without a satellite. Another one I want to look at is Project Mercury. Mercurio is Mercury. And this was the first NASA project. This is what made it so important. This was where NASA first started doing missions. And their objective, or their aim, or their goal, three different ways to say objetivo, is to undertake, promote and institutionalize aeronautical research. Now, to undertake, this is a really good word to look at, to undertake is emprender o comenzar. Promote is fomentar o promocionar, and institutionalize it. So make sure that in our institutions, in our schools, that we are creating future astronauts. And I remember when I was a kid, one of the options that the smart kids could look into was space camp. Of course. I was not invited to space camp. Now, when NASA started during the Project Mercury phase and those earlier missions, uh, it was a very small operation. They only had four laboratories, uh, about 80 employees. And uh, many of you might recognize one of their head employees, uh, Werner von Braun. Werner von Braun, who was a German engineer and scientist who originally worked for the Nazis. And, uh, well, we told him, you have two options. You can go to prison for war crimes or you can come help us get into space. And, well, he chose the latter, El Si El Segundo. Now, I want to go back to the Apollo mission, because I think, again, that's the most popular one. Apollo 11, well, it's because that's when man landed on the moon for the first time. Apollo 11. While we're at it, let's listen to the famous quote that is said by Neil Armstrong when he landed on the moon for the first time. Let's hear that famous quote. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. If you noticed, he said, one small step for man, un pequeño paso para el hombre, one giant leap for mankind, un gran salto para la humanidad. And as you can see, he said mankind. He didn't use the word humankind that we would use nowadays. But Apollo missions weren't successful in general. I mean, we talk about Apollo 11 and where they landed on the moon, supposedly there is a huge part of the population that believes that we didn't land on the moon, that we faked it. There are many conspiracy theories, and we're going to look at those in the bonus part of today's show. So yeah, Apollo 11, great, huge success. Six million people watched it worldwide. These rockets landed on the moon. They put man on the moon. Incredible. Isn't that amazing? But The Apollo program, as I said before, had its share of failures. Su turno, its share of failures. Apollo 1, the first Apollo mission, ended in disaster when there was a fire in the command module which killed all the astronauts on board. They got off to a bad start, to put it lightly. Han empezado con mal pie. I think many of you, too, will remember Apollo 13, It's from that famous movie as well, Apollo 13. They had to abort the mission, which almost ended in death when an oxygen tank exploded in the spaceship. And that's where we got that famous line, Houston, we have a problem. Now, it's a funny one because the original line is, Houston, we've had a problem. They use the present perfect, the astronauts. We've had a problem. But in the movie... They decided to change the line to Houston, we have a problem. Because the director decided that if he said, we've had a problem, it sounds like you don't have a problem anymore. So he decided he took that poetic license to put it into the present tense. And he says, Houston... We have a problem. But the real line is, we've had, not in the present tense, in the present perfect. So sometimes Hollywood can do whatever it wants. And Americans, when we say that line, we say it that way, the way the movie did. Houston, we have a problem. See, sí, también decimos la frase nosotros. Now, Apollo 17, that was the last mission to land on the moon. After that, well, people realized there was just huge budget. So much money was being spent on space exploration, and, and it's good. It's great to develop medicines, as I said, satellite technology, but there was no longer this need. There was not this race anymore. The Soviet Union and now Russia and the United States said, hey, guys, let's be friends. Let's Let's work together, and they did and they still work together. A perfect example of that is MIR, the space station MIR, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the Russian word for peace. So a lot of the taxpayers, buenísima palabra, contribuyentes, said, wait a second, we're blowing a lot of money and there's no threat. Ya no hay tanta amenaza. The budget uh, back in 1966, almost 5% of the the budget the United States federal government budget went to NASA and well since then it's been scaled down because there's still space exploration and we're still we still have a lot of goals in the future in fact uh, I was looking into the future of NASA and what what the future plans are and they've got tons of missions and operations planned some of them have already started uh, missions to Mars Saturn Pluto Jupiter and so many other places so and their goal just like Kennedy had his goal their goal is to quote unquote to put a man on Mars by 2037. We'll see if it happens but I've got to say it's pretty exciting how far we've gotten away from the earth and how small it makes you feel. I always say, anytime you're feeling cocky or arrogant, just think of how small our planet is. Our planet is just a speck of dust that's just flying through the air, flying by other specks of dust and you really feel small, and it really humbles you. All right, before we get going, what I want to do as well is I want to take a look at the planets. It's good to know the planets. I remember my second grade teacher, Mr. Tennant, taught us in uh, a funny sentence a way to remember it, and he said, "'My very educated mother just swam under nine planets.'" Well, if you know, if you remember that sentence, you'll know the order of the planets. My very educated, so my very educated Mercury, Venus, Earth. My very educated mother, Mars, just Jupiter, swam Saturn under Uranus, nine Neptune, planets Pluto. Now, we can argue that if Pluto is a planet or not, Pero si no, no me funciona la frase. So if you if you remember, my very educated mother just swam under nine planets, you can remember the planets. And uh, careful with the planet Uranus. Uh, it's pretty crazy. The word Urano, Uranus, también suena como Tuano. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, I think we, we talked about E.T. in the beginning of the show. There's a joke where he says, oh, my favorite planet is Uranus. Or I think they just discovered Uranus. And all the kids laugh. So it's a classic joke that we tell when we're studying the planets in school. All right, well, amigos, we've reached the end of the pod. Remember, there's a bonus part for Patreon subscribers. If you're not sure if you want to be a member or not, let me know. I can send you the bonus content and see what you think. Remember, you can get access to PDFs, bonus audio, and so much more. It's patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. And in the second part of the show, we're going to take a look at the space suit and why it costs so much. You're never going to guess how expensive these damn things are. Also, we're going to look at some of the conspiracy theories and why some people, some part of the population says that we never went to the moon. I also told you I was going to tell you how and why Pink Floyd became the first band in space. Plus, we'll look at space junk and idioms, and expressions, and so much more in the bonus part of today's FYI.